0: I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 He has created managers
1: an, an absolute war zone. Respect, respect. You.
0: Respect. You respect, man. Prem,
1: Prem. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, We have to do justice before we just sliding right into the top four. To the I guys. didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon. Ann Patrick. Uh, You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What do you mean?
0: I don't I have an on. i am talking World Wow. Yeah. Welcome.
1: Welcome. To Prem De La Prem. Welcome back to Prem De La Prem. Today is January. It's Match Week New Year. Patrick and I are back. It's the first episode of the new year. It's been a couple of weeks since we last checked in and a lot has happened. Uh, Patrick and I actually had to enforce a self-imposed break because we've been working so hard um, on the podcast. So Just, just, just grinding. And um, what we realized was we couldn't stay away from you all for too long, so... We're back on the airwaves. It's good to be back, Patrick.
0: Yeah, the the, the truth of the matter was that we were just going to try and ride this out until until Arsenal lost again. So I'd have some good material for the podcast, mm-hmm. but it's it's become clear that won't happen. So we we just had to, you know, suck it up, come back, uh, and, you know, bring you the content you've been asking for. So, you know, I ho- ho- hopefully talking about Arsenal winnings, still good content, James. I'm, you know, I, I
1: understand how it hurts. Mm-hmm. I do think the scale tends to tip podcaster pain to good content. I think that is the general formula there. But, uh, yeah, you know, we'll try, it, we'll try it on the other end of the scale. And, and we're going to yeah. ease back into it for the first episode of 2021. It's like no, no work meetings on your first day back. Or better yet, when the substitute teacher rolls in with the TV and the VCR player and you know you're about to watch some fire Bill Nye the Science Guy episodes. We're going to take it easy. <sighs> Nothing too stressful. I- I once had a sub, actually, I think he was a full-time
0: teacher, wasn't tenured and got fired, that was just showing us uh, Chappelle's show for like a full month uh, <laughs> to try and teach us about society. Uh, who snitched? Loved him. <laughs> loved him. Uh, I, I don't know, but I do remember one time, like the vice principal just walking in and just kind of like looking at things and he was just like, this is who I am. And um, yeah, he wasn't there the next year. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I forget his name, but he was, I hope he's doing well.
1: Some say they learned more in that month than the four years in high school. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some do. Well, first things first, Patrick. Uh, I don't think there's anything more disorienting than your team playing Premier League games every three days over the holidays, followed by a two-week break. I am checking Fantasy Premier League every day, like something's changed. Um, I'm wondering why I'm not seeing Bruno Fernandez on my screen with those big buck teeth every single day. It, It... it's it's hard to track. I don't I'm not entirely sure what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, I mean I was looking at I was doing some preparation for this podcast and I was like, "Okay. First thing first, let's knock out the title. Uh turns out we're playing games from match day 1, 18, 19 and 20 uh in the next in the next few weeks and and all and also <laughs> disorienting." So, um, yeah, we got two match week 1 games, match week 17, match week 18, match week 19. It's a mess, James, but We got a lot, a lot of football behind us and ahead of us.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're still going to do game, lame, and shame, but we're going to keep it a little bit more thematic. We're not talking about specific match weeks. Like I said, it's match week, new year, anything goes. We're going to do who got game, who's been lame, and who has shame. And Mm. I think we can start right up non-ironically at the top of the cast, Patrick. A quick virtual toast to us. Manchester United and Arsenal are the two hottest teams in the Premier League right now (parentheses not counting teams named Man City asterisk asterisk parentheses). Two hottest teams in the Premier League, and the fans are right here on Premier Prime. A toast to you.
0: Oh, James, you're too kind. You're too kind. Uh, you know, the last time we talked, um, it was it was dire states for old Arsenal, and they um, they joined they joined old Manchester United in, in a good patch of form, which. When you're stuck at home over the holiday seasons, you know, that's, that's what you need. That's mm-hmm. what
1: you need. I mean, I'm on, I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm sure, I'm sure you are as well. For those people tracking a very niche uh, United and Arsenal double stat, um, we went from no shared dubs in the same match week to two in a row over the holiday breaks of shared dubs for United and Arsenal. So it's no big deal. It it may be a coincidence that the hottest podcast in the Prem supports the two hottest teams. We'll leave that for you at home to decide. But you're right, Patrick. Both managed to come into form in good time. And like I said, non ironically. It's not a press conference. Let's put Arsenal up in lights. Let's talk about them first. It seems to me, Patrick, well, I mean pretty clearly the turning point was boxing day against Chelsea where it was dire straits. You're going into a London Derby. Frank, you know, the expectations were that Frank and Chelsea were going to roll you guys over. And the catalyst was here. I guess my, my question for you in this is David Louise and William were forced out of the lineup, self isolating. And that was when we fully decided to go with the kids and the emergence of Emil Smith row um, came in soccer. You know, Martinelli was back in the lineup. Saka been playing well, was able to play well with people who he's familiar with, and even old Lacazette woke up up front. And then, bang, you've got your you've got your run of good form under you from from winning that game against Chelsea. And to what extent do you think that kind of fell into Arteta's lap versus it was like he you know he got things going for that game against Chelsea and then so on. You know what. To be honest with you, James, I don't care uh, because I think if you really, <laughs> I put figured it under the- that would be the answer.
0: I Yeah, think if you really put it under the microscope, um, it, ha- it has to be that his hand was forced because we were watching the same, you know, dire, dire football week in week out, and uh, when things were forced to change, uh, when you know, maybe if you want to give him credit, we finally got out of the European fixtures, and so you know, we were forced to play that midweek game. In the Premier League, and so we had to rotate our squad in the league, and you know I think for all of it, it's what it, what it was what Arsenal fans were just dying to see. You know, if we're if if we're gonna lose, at least change something and at least see what we got mm. out of the kids. You know, lose it I with think your that, pinkies up. Yeah, right. Like I think that we all could have taken as Arsenal fans a loss to Chelsea on the chin with that lineup, but when that lineup came out, it was. It was, it was amazing. You know, it was it was something that we've been dying for. And, and that shows you kind of the state of things that uh, we see a kid, Emil Smith-Rowe, who hadn't started in the Premier League all season, maybe hadn't even played in the Premier League all-league season, and we're ecstatic to see him at the number 10. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it just needed a bit of life. And talk about a timely fixture, uh, you know, because right after that, of course, you have, I think it was Brighton. Uh, then you have West Brom, Newcastle in the league, Palace and West Brom in the league coming up again, or, or Newcastle in the league, sorry, sorry coming up. Uh, it was a it was a huge huge fixture to get a little bit of confidence before what are a lot of winnable games before again another another tough stretch of games so absolutely massive for us to get moving on yeah. on, on that and and for all of it for all of it playing playing some pretty pretty fun to watch football for the first time all year so happy new year to Arsenal fans we we're patient I told Mikel last podcast help me help you mm-hmm. he did it mm-hmm. he did it he gave me something to back. Uh, and now I can do it. I can back them a little bit, and I can back the side, and I'm happy, and I can deal with the ups and downs. And uh, we're four wins on the trot if you count the FA Cup. And, and hoping to see, obviously, a lot Some more. do, uh, A yeah. lot more of the kids, get party back into the team. The
1: outgoing business is encouraging. I mean, what a difference a couple of weeks makes. Yeah. I mean, you can apply that same logic to so many teams across the spectrum of the Premier League and, and what the holiday fixtures do to a certain team. And for Arsenal, it affected them in a positive way. Let's let's address the 500-pound Swiss man in the room. I, I feel like a big... Starting with the Chelsea game where I would say Arsenal fan TV and then by extension all Arsenal fans. I just kind of lumped them in the same group. I'm sure that's okay with you. Arsenal that's fan fair. TV. Right. The loudest person in the room is the most understood. It's the Andy Samora. Mm-hmm. Yes. They were probably sharpening their knives and their pitchforks when they saw Xhaka brought into the team. It was the game of the Xhaka boom. Aside from that free kick, he played well in that game, and he played well ever since. Yeah, You would say Brighton, West Brom, Newcastle. Um, I I I have a question for you, because it's kind of what I've been grappling with the Pogba thing ever since, like, on the eve of the Leipzig game. The whole thing with his agent and wanting to leave came out, and fans... Had a very serious opinion on that, myself included, and then and then the managers and the team took it a different way. Obviously, zhaka has been given the arm around the shoulder yet again, and you've kind of been rewarded from that in a way that we kind of have with Pogba. And I, do you think fans take this whole disrespect thing to the you know disrespecting the badge and not respecting the fans? Do we take that more seriously or over over overblow it? You think than than other players in the locker room and managers because. It could have been so easy to cast him aside, and I'm not saying he's the future of the club, but he's been a big, big part of this um, this sort of team turnaround. So I'm I'm curious where you stand on it now versus before, because it was very clear before. Sure, sure.
0: Um, well, I I think long term he can still fuck off. That's my <laughs> official stance. Uh, you know, but I think <laughs> you he's, can print he's, that. He's, he's yeah, he's he's given up caring what the fans think about him, and I have to take it at face value that. Manager after manager continues to pick him. Let's remember, he's still the captain of the Swiss side as well. Where's the number 10 for them for God knows what reason? And all of the all of his teammates seem to love him. I mean, obviously, they're going to love him after he scores um, the goal, but he seems to be well-liked and well-respected uh, within the side. And then, you know, of course, he has nothing to say when he gets sent off for choking someone, and then he posts on Instagram, actions speak louder than words after the, the Chelsea game. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. But as long as he's wearing mm-hmm. the oh, he Arsenal backs himself. colors... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. As long as he's wearing the Arsenal colors and he's in the team, you know, I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to root, root the best for him. I think there's, you know, dozens of, of center midfielders who can do what he does. And so I would like to see somebody who has a little bit more of a, uh, a good relationship with the fans mm-hmm. filling that role. Uh, but right now, um, you know, I think Danny Ceballos is just cold. I think he's only good in the summer times. Uh, Thomas Party is hurt. Uh, Mohamed El will put in a shift for you, uh, but after that, who's who's your holding midfielder? He has to play, and he and on form, he deserves it. Uh, I a little upset, of course, that he walked right into the team, but yeah, you get the Jaka boom, and you know what do you do? I'm over the moon. Uh, right. You know, we we, we need that, uh, but again, I, I I don't I don't necessarily think you know Jaka has has shown up uh, in a you know in this massive massive sense. I think Arsenal have changed the way that they've played. Uh, Kieran Tierney has looked an absolute different animal, playing in a four versus being relegated to mm-hmm. you know, the left center back in a, in a five. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bakayo Saka playing on a right wing um, seems to have really unlocked himself, whereas you know he was kind of playing that left wing back role. Uh, Lacazette uh, being able to drop a little bit into the midfield play and combine with a number 10 like Emile Smith-Rowe. I think we're just playing people in their natural positions. And Xhaka mm-hmm. is a holding midfielder who, if you have a lot of people in front of you playing creatively, which Niels Rowe, Sokka, Marnelli, uh, Lacazette dropping deep, they've all been doing it. Jacques is going to be able to, to to pick a pass. And, you know, I think it's one of the few things he has uh, in his locker is his ability to pick a pass and, of course, the the occasional Xhaka boom. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's frustrating that a guy that doesn't have a great relationship with the fans is um, someone who seems to be locked into the team sheet. Mm-hmm. but. You know, I'm 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 focusing obviously on the results and some of the things, some of the people that I am excited to see in the team sheet, like Emile Smith Rowe, uh, a guy that you know. You I mean, you you obviously have a natural affinity to you know Rashford or Greenwood. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if McTominay came through the academy, but yeah. the academy kids, one of your own. Yeah, will always always bring you so much joy and, and to have so many Hale End products in the team and now really contributing mm-hmm. uh, first team minutes and showing that you know. We can actually play on form now. We're, we're 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 selecting a team based on form for the first time, uh, certainly this year under Arteta. And you know, I can't believe that that's something to celebrate. But baby steps on the on in, in the baby retail. steps. Uh, and yeah, and he,
1: here here Arsenal stands in 2021, eyeing down the sights of a fourth place finish. You guys literally went on vacation for a couple months, dusted yourselves off, and albeit different matches played, amount of matches played. Six point off, six points off Spurs in fourth place. It, yep. What? What a strange season. <laughs> it's
0: we're, we're we're approaching the halfway mark. We're we're about a couple of weeks away from the halfway mark of the season, and it's only going to get more and more interesting. I mentioned Arsenal's uh, run of fixtures. They have Palace and Newcastle next, mm-hmm. uh, and it's absolutely imperative, both at home, uh, that they keep these. Not that, that really matters, I think, uh, but massive that they keep these run of run of fixtures going or the results going uh, because it gets a lot more difficult a lot more difficult for them after the fact and they're going to struggle they're going to hit another tough spell they're going to hit another tough spell and then be put in the round of 32 Europa where we saw what happened against Olympiacos last year this is more and more this is a bigger competition for them this year than I think it is last year the Europa League Um, so we'll have to see we'll have to see Uh, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing what this batch of people have uh, when we when we have to line up against Southampton, United, Wolves, Villa, Leeds, and then yeah. And, yeah. And, and then City, Leicester. I mean, it it, it really gets tricky, um, and so it's and, and let's let's see what happens with all these games being rescheduled and all that. Uh, so I I'm excited. I I think everything's in play. Like I said before, I think I think we're going to be you know match week 35. You're going to be looking at four or five teams who could win the title. You're going to be looking at about six, seven, eight teams um, who could finish in the Champions League mm-hmm. places. So this season is far from over. You're going to see p- teams going up, going down. Uh, the table, that is. I mean, look at Chelsea, a team that we, we called a title contender maybe the last time we podcasted. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll touch on them a bit more later. But it's it's all over the place. I'm just... Mm-hmm. The only question I have is why did it take so long? Why do we need 10, 10 fixtures of the exact same shit to, sure. to make a change? But
1: well, happy, that's what. That's why, I mean, almost goadingly, I brought up at the, at the beginning that it felt like it was a forced change. And then he was like, well, oh, right. wait a second, this could work. <laughs> you know, like it hadn't been an idea yeah. before. Maybe um, maybe there
0: was some level of pride with like Willian being, you know, Arteta signing and he's just not good enough. And just, you know, him being too stubborn. And maybe that's his, you know, you, you talked about Arteta needing to grow with the team and you thought that he would, I think, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just part of his growth is being okay to leave his preferred players uh, on on the bench uh sure. and re-examine who he should be preferring sure well, I'm, I'm i'm thrilled we're at right now um but yeah they they've lost their margin for error so they've got to keep performing
1: they mm-hmm. got to keep performing if they want to get anything out mm-hmm. of this season and tougher tougher tests ahead for sure but uh 100%. enough about you let's sure. talk about me yes <laughs> the, the other half of front prime i've been dying to james i'm sure you have and you know, Ollie says he doesn't look at the table, which, by the way, I don't think is just interview posturing. I don't think he looks at the table. I think Mike Phelan hides it from him, so he doesn't actually know where we are in the table when he says he doesn't look at the table. But uh, some some people say some people say title race. Some some people say say we're up there, up up near well, the top. Well, I
0: mean, as it stands today, um, we're 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 in a title race. I think the last time we we talked about, I like, um, I like
1: the royal we there. Thank you. That felt good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Unless you saying, actually meant time, Arsenal. <laughs> no, I'm saying the last time we talked about title race, we proclaimed uh, Tottenham and Chelsea contenders, and look what happened after that. So careful what oh, you we'll, wish for, James. Yeah. We'll,
1: oh no, Patrick. We'll get to Chelsea, which I think was the motherload of jinxes. When Prem de la Prem declares you a title contender, uh, <laughs> you gotta batten down the hatches. But I'm here to say, yeah. I'm here to say, right now, we're absolutely not title contenders. Man United are a bag of tricks and everything in between, and. I'm not going to lie. This is the best I've felt in in a long, long time in a season, which is crazy when you think about the way we started um, and everything I had predicted going into the season. But um, still stand here because we, strangely enough, after all the money that we've spent, don't have the defense. And I I, I think it's funny, like the – the, the stranger this season gets, the more things stay the same. Like I think I'm looking at these teams here now and this table, and I'm still telling you that Liverpool and Man City are the two best teams in the league by far. It's it's funny. It's funny 100%. how it's funny how all these things happen, and you look at how tight this table is, and United could beat Burnley on Tuesday, their game in hand, which got scheduled for Tuesday, and go to Anfield. The entire time it had been billed as like Liverpool topping the table and retaining, you know title sure. holders, entertaining the the pretenders and it's like, yeah, United could go into that game top of the table. And I'm not saying we're gonna yeah. stay there and I'm not saying we're not dogs when we go to Anfield. But um it's yeah, it's a it's a strange string of events to get us here. It's a team that's
0: playing with a ton of belief. And belief can take you a really long way. Confidence and form are are, are quite tied together. And what what Manchester United are doing um, you know, Ollie time's a real thing. He's learned something from Fergie time. I don't know if I don't know if uh Sir Alex has given a call to the FA to make sure that things are going going according to plan this year or not. But sure has. Manchester United, for me, James, they're absolutely a title contender. Why? Because this year is gonna be crazy. And mm. eighty points, eighty-five points. That might be what we're talking about as 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 uh you know we're we're very close to the midpoint of the season, and top of the table is thirty three points. Think about that. Eighty points could very well win you the league this year. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the table, who's got a shot at 80, eighty points? Six, seven, eight teams. That doesn't make Manchester United the title contender, but it puts them in the picture. And what what keeps them in the picture, in my mind, is their firepower. There's mm-hmm. going to be so the the there's going to be tired legs throughout the course of the season due to fix your congestion and. Open games, Manchester United thrive. They've got a lot of players who they don't necessarily need them all to be on form, but when a few of them are, it doesn't take much. I'm forgetting the exact game it was, but you know, it it, a game I thought they had no business getting three points in. Was was it maybe the Wolves Wolves game? And then Bruno Bruno smacks the ball forward. Yeah, yeah, the the deflection in. Yeah it's 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 those types of games, those types of results which they've seemed to get in so many of so far this year, and I'm not saying this in any sort of way that title teams look back on and say that was a massive two point swinging. One I wouldn't 30. say that was a massive one point. swing yeah. zero zero to one. They're getting a lot of things at the very end that build this this narrative that tend to go along with title runs. I don't know obviously that they're there yet. You mentioned their defensive record. It's horrible. Can we can we just say Harry Maguire's hot ass? You go down the table, James. <laughs> who's the next the next team that's given up more goals than them is Leeds United. And we know about their defensive record. Well, Leeds is the darling of the expected. Premier
1: League. So what does that make us, the bridesmaids? Well, okay, yeah, wait, hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on. First off, I wouldn't I wouldn't group results like the Wolves game in the same way that you would group like a Southampton or a West Ham because I think those were convincing sort of like come from behind wins and then we had a little bit of time, well maybe not in the Southampton game, but like a sweeping turnaround. Wolves was like a rub of the green that you think back to the exact fixture in the last season. The way United played Wolves, it ended nil nil, and the game sucked. I think it was actually Bruno's debut. We're we're getting that little bit of something that you exactly like you said. Teams look back on that in a title race, and they're like, "Yeah, that was a key result." Uh, winning the Brighton game with a penalty after the whistle blew. Like I'm not forgetting that as mm-hmm. a reason why we're here. And um, the game. I forget the team, but wherever Cavani got that late brace. Yeah, that one? was the that was the Southampton game that we, that, uh, you know, that what I mentioned. It, it. But yeah, the defense, Patrick. This is the Warrian thing for me. It's not just Maguire, albeit we've gotten ourselves in a little bit of a a little bit of a pickle making him our uh, club captain, aka Mr. Undroppable. We got ourselves in a little bit of pickle, but I'm not gonna put it all on him because the Linda Love Maguire partnership is is not one that wins you a title. It might not be one that even gets you into the top four uh, all the time. And where I'm not saying it's all Maguire is because when a certain man, Eric Bailly, comes in, comes strolling in on his uh, wheelchair and decides to stand up for 90 minutes and then takes a seat again, he's got Maguire playing better. The type of defender who Bailly is gets this entire defensive line playing better. And the reason why this is ridiculous is because Bailly's fit for three or four games in a run. And that's it. Something bad happens. We all know, all United fans know the script. He's not the answer, albeit he might be the answer right now. When you, when you want to take a look deeper, yes, Maguire's regressed since last season. Juan Bissaka has regressed scarily um, from his debut season last season. So not only is our center back partnership not there, there's regression in our players. Um, the one bright spot being the the shaw Telez competition at left back. But... What I'll what I'll summarize it with, Patrick, is we have a chance, and it's not gonna happen, but I wanna get it on the record, and I just I just want it to be out there. We have a chance to go out there and sign a center back that would that would put us in a real title race. Because we're not there right now, but with the right investment, we could be there, and sadly I don't think we're gonna do it but it just you say look back on games well look back on this moment where we're in January we could go into a first first second battle as first place team um, this you know at this stage of the season but if we don't make the right investment now it, we're not going to be able to reap the benefits in the end of the season and that's what I'm most scared about
0: yeah i mean it, it's 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 a fair assessment because i don't think you're buying a center back i think i think that the type no, of the of center not. back that <laughs> will monitor some. Yeah, I think that the type of the center back that you need uh, is not a not a player um in a covid climate all this kind of stuff uh, that that teams that have those caliber of players are going to let go in the winter. I think you're going to get a player like that in the summer and I think you should get a player like that in the summer. Uh, Apumakano is probably top of the list of of, of names in terms of He's the age yeah, ability. you're right. He's the build.
1: Yeah. He's the build. Yeah. yeah. He's actually He's, I mean, Eric Bailly is the build an athletic center back who's fast and i don't know if decisive is the right word cuz he makes all kinds of decisions and some of them are crazy but um someone who can make up for the sluggishness that you get in a Lindelof Maguire system so um, yeah, it, yeah. yeah i mean i, I if 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 Bayou wasn't made of glass he'd be you know he'd be your first
0: first center back no doubt you know he's 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 incredibly incredibly gifted uh, but he just can't seem to stay healthy mm-hmm. um which you know you obviously can't win a title with a guy that can't stay on the field so you are going to be relegated to to using Maguire, lindelof uh, and you know I, I, yeah I, I don't i don't see that being the being the fix for you um but here's the thing the same way that you know maybe maybe they've maybe they've regressed maybe they've got heavy legs it seems like Maguire's playing every single fixture uh you know midweek champions league premier league mm-hmm. all the cups like it doesn't seem like he gets a break uh, let's not forget what he went through in the summer you're you're benefiting from that on the on the other end when you just have so much pace and ability, just bombing forward every game, every moment. You're going to continue to put pressure on teams. I believe uh, second best goal scoring uh, record in the league behind only uh, behind only Liverpool. Yeah. So this is this, this isn't a team that's going to win games or win the league uh, through through you know safeguarding the defense. You're gonna you're gonna win games by. By winning these shootouts, winning these two to three games, the one to two games, all of that, and you're playing a fun brand of football, so it's got to be got to be exciting. And obviously, I, I don't believe uh, in the league you've lost since that Arsenal result. So coming up on you know, two plus months without um, mm-hmm. without a mm-hmm. loss in the league, it's a, it's an incredible incredible run of form. Um, but you will you will have of course to face Arsenal yeah. at the at the end of the month yeah. and, and lay an egg as is as is tradition as is tradition. But,
1: this oh, team Patrick, is on a roll and you gotta be Patrick, pleased. I made I made a deal with the devil that hungover day after Halloween where I had to sit there and since lose to Arsenal. It was it was an, an intrinsic binding of our fates where I would go on the up after that and you would go on the down. But now we're both feeling some ups, so that's good. And obviously, yeah. um we have we have United Anfield, um, United at Anfield against Liverpool this upcoming weekend. So we'll do a recap of that, obviously. I'm very curious to know how much they make United Dogs in that game, spread-wise. So that'll be, you know, keep an eye on that one. But we've got we've got Liverpool on the agenda later, right? We got a Liverpool on the agenda later. It comes up a little bit okay, later. But enough. right I'll, now, I'll plead the fifth right now. Plead the fifth. We talked about our two teams. We had to put some respect on it. Welcome back to Prem to La Prem. This is the year of treating ourselves and talk about our team. But it would be a disservice if we didn't talk about the sleeping giant that is Manchester City, or as I like to call them, call an ambulance, but not for me, team. Because we thought they were dead. And all of a sudden, actually, I don't know if everyone thought they were dead. I thought they were dead. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've, they've played a couple of their game in hands, games in hand, and they still have a few more to go. And they are looking four points off the top with two games in hand on Liverpool. And the best, yeah, Patrick, for all we talked about replacing Vincent Company. They've conceded more than one goal twice in all comps this season. All comps. That's the 2-0 loss to Spurs and that weird anomaly 5-2 loss to Leicester where we kind of slated them for not being legit this season. Sure. They've got, you know, Ruben Diaz seems to have come out, brought something out in John Stone, sorted out the defense there. And And now they're right back in it. They're right back in it. They're... I mean, we...
0: It's fun to banter... You know, it, it, we'll have some. We'll, we'll show you just how fun with Liverpool in a minute. But it's fun to banter the 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 great teams when they're going through a rough the rough patch, and and that's really what I kept telling myself through, uh, you know, November and December. But <laughs> Manchester City, is what we've been talking about. Since the last, <laughs> don't give me an opportunity. And even if you don't, I'll find one. Manchester City, <laughs> really, since the mid, midway point of last season, uh, you know they were off the pace for Liverpool. It's been fun to kind of slate them a little. Pat, hey, you, don't live, you, the, you don't live in the you don't live
1: in the banter moment like I do. Oh no, no. <laughs> once, never once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> I get bit, and I never get shy. <laughs> wild, wild west, baby. <laughs> I live in the now.
0: Anyway, look, but they're. We, we we know that they have quality. Uh, we knew that if they were able to sort out uh, their their defense, that was the biggest hole for them. Ruben Diaz is a is a top center back in the Premier League. You called I, that one I, not, early, but yeah, yeah. I, I watched his first game, and, and look, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't nail it with Mason Mount, but I got pretty good instincts, and I watched him play, and he was <laughs> he was fantastic. He he has an understanding of the game. Uh, the Stones partnership was one. If you saw it coming, call in, and then I'll tell you you're full of shit. No one saw that coming. Stones looks like, in, in a couple of these games, he looks like an absolute world-beater of a center mm-hmm. back. Uh, Ederson is, Ederson's been fine. Zach Steffen's even been pretty impressive. Yeah, there. on account
1: and, of um, Ederson's COVID. You know, Zach Steffen's right, come in right. and yeah, made a little bit of a Stepped in beautifully.
0: Stepped in beautifully. And this is a team that's still, you know, by and large, uh, struggling offensively. You know their their, yeah. their goal record yeah. is not that impressive. They've scored four more mm-hmm. goals than Arsenal, and Arsenal couldn't I, figure out a credit chance for two months. Yeah. Manchester City, right? Um, yeah. And you want to talk about the value of Mikel Arteta? de Pep, always. I can bring I can bring anything back around. People James, can easily
1: me. circle it back to Arsenal. No, Patrick. I think <laughs> watch me do it. <laughs> that's that's the subheader of this podcast. Two yeah, guys no, but <laughs> tie yeah. everything back to their teams. No, I think yeah. <laughs> it was been a, it's been a little bit of a misdirect this season where we talk about, you know, countless times. Most of the time we talk about City on the pod. It's their attacks not clicking. Aguero's out. Jesus is out. They're kind of playing these false nines and Ferran Torres and De Bruyne is shifting into that role. That's all been happening. Meanwhile, they've established the meanest defense in the Premier League, just kind of behind the curtain, sneakily. Where now, if they click it, if they click their attack, um, you know they could be right back on course. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, their leading goal scorer right now is Rian Maras with four goals. That joint with Raheem Sterling is
1: just as mind-boggling, isn't it? I also I also feel like Sterling Sterling scores one in every ten chances he gets, and he's on four goals. It's insane.
0: (laughs) He, I mean, he's he is he is undone. Five years of progress in like three months. Mm-hmm. Since the since the miss, the sitter miss in the Champions League, it seems like his demons have come back to haunt him. But at what point are we going to start putting a little bit more respect on um, on Pep here? Uh, because we were. Th- this is a different. This
1: is a different team. I never said a bad word about him. Stenographer, oh. bald fraud, bald fraud, bald fraud. <laughs> Look, well, I'd
0: I, I, I still maintain that he's a bold fraud. If you're bold, he's, you're a fraud. He's one of no those, those. if you're bold. Fraud. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mikel Arteta's on his way. Um, but what he's done with this team in, in, I don't really know what to call I don't want to say he's transformed them, but they just are a different team. They are playing slower. They're not creating nearly as many chances. When they seem to get a lead, they seem content to not really go for the kill the way that they we're used to seeing them do it, right? I think that something that became so, so, um, you know, prominent about what they did was they would get a one-goal lead and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, here comes mm-hmm. the storm. That's how you would associate yourself with Manchester City. And they're winning these games one nothing. You know, they obviously had that tight 1-1 game against West Brom. Their margin for error is a lot smaller. But uh, between uh, between those center backs we mentioned, Rodri and Fernandinho, Fernandinho the ageless wonder, still able to put in a shift. Uh, and then of course De Bruyne yeah. in front of them, yeah. uh, that they're holding it down. It, it's and again they, they they're a sleeping giant. They're like we need to start paying attention to them. Uh, they are the odds-on favorite right now uh, to win the Premier League by a long shot. They have they have completely overtaken Liverpool. Really? As, as the betting favorite by a yes, long shot. Yes. Uh, the, yeah, they are they
1: are I believe they're like a minus one eighty to win the league. I mean, and Liverpool put it down, down to their form. Firm. Put it down to their form. And you do have to look at all competitions because yeah. they've got some good scalps there. Um. Yeah, no, I, I that that doesn't surprise me, and you know, I wish we could have been on the early trend, but here we are. You say when are we taking them seriously, and the answer is right now.
0: Right, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you have to, and and, and the, here's here's the scary thing: they're going to click eventually, offensively. Like they're going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's inevitable, and I think it's going to happen when Sergio Agüero reaches full fitness. But they're. It's not like this team can't score goals. They're going to figure that out, and once they do with this defense, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, we'll again, we'll talk about Liverpool in a minute, but these other teams at the title, or in the title race, all these people that want to mm-hmm. consider themselves uh, contenders,
1: uh, can consider yourself on notice. Yeah. Um. And a quick word on Kevin De Bruyne, a guy who looks like he's never enjoying playing, and it's just like a standard like job in marketing, like him trotting out on the field whenever he plays. I hate the Twitter phenomenon of like. It's this or that. You have to choose like who's the best. And like all these people just dogging De, uh, De Bruyne because of the season Fernandez is having. Is is having. I just want to be like, guys, stop. Chill out. <laughs> don't yeah. don't give this I guy mean, no, this it's... ammo. Yeah, cuz he's oh, he's yeah, he... he's one of the best. And it, it you know, he's slow to start, but there are all these weapons that are probably just going to click at the same time.
0: Yeah, slow to start, second
1: in the league in assists. Yeah. So Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, those three teams right now, hottest teams in the league, but we got to talk about who's been lame. And mm. a certain make-your-face-fat app is getting worked overtime the way Chelsea's playing. There's this guy who puffs up Frank's face each time they take a loss, and let's just say that December was not kind to him. It looks like a goddamn grapefruit. Is- is this guy you? <laughs> no, I wish. I wish I had this idea. Okay. <laughs> it was like Frank Lampard, but each time he loses, I increase his uh, his face fatness level by 1. Yeah. A goddamn man. hot air balloon. What They're... is up with Chelsea?
0: So, I want to I want to take you back. I want to take you back to the Tottenham game. Uh, this was a game Take that us back. Chelsea and Tottenham. Please do. We thought okay, great. This probably works for both these teams getting a draw. Uh, it was a game that they didn't really go for mm-hmm. Chelsea, uh, and then they they had a really impressive performance against Leeds uh, next time out in the league, and then they had the loss to Everton, then they had the loss to Wolves, then they you know they beat West Ham of course, then they lost of course to Arsenal of course, drew Aston Villa, embarrassed by Manchester City because mm-hmm. I think how you would describe that performance uh, from 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 Chelsea. So for me. This team, in this stretch, from that game against Tottenham, we said, okay, them and Tottenham, both towards the top of the table, title contenders, fair enough, draw works. And then you look forward and you say, okay, this is a little test for Chelsea. Let's see how good they are. If they want to consider themselves title contenders, Wolves, Everton, and quite frankly, Arsenal on their form should have been put to bed. Villa, put to bed. Mm -hmm. Manchester City would want it a lot more. They failed all of those tests. All of those tests. And... I'm not of the camp that I think uh, Frank Frank Lampard should be should be sacked. I I, I think that's a bit of a, a a bit premature. We're talking about Chelsea uh, however, Football
1: Club here, Patrick.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think I uh, I don't know where Abramovich's head's at. I think that he, he I think he gets the season to see out whether or not he finishes mm-hmm. in the Champions League place. And again, he's if if they're they're exactly one game off of the the, the Champions League mm-hmm. race, it's not over for them. Uh, but I can't help but to think. They just bought a team full of people without a plan. They don't seem that cohesive uh, when they're forced to break down a team in the open field. They can run, they can overlap, they have space, they got that ability, fantastic. But I think teams have sorted them out, and I think what you got to do against Chelsea is you just play a relatively deep line and let them figure it out because they don't seem to know what to do. They just dink around the ball, kind of around the outside uh, of the penalty box, and they're they're really not. That much of a threat recently, so they've got to find they've got to find some spark, it, it, and I don't know exactly where it's going to come from, because they've got all of these people. You would expect someone to be providing it, and and they're just not. They're you know seven wins, five draws, five losses. Yeah, that's horrendous after their summer. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. horrendous. Uh, the, their only saving grace uh, is this is this season being a shit show. Otherwise, if, if this season was anything like a season before. I'm not sure Frank would have a job right now, just because how far off the pace that they would be. But the fact that this is close, they can still swing this thing around. Uh, I think Frank loves to say it. The only way to get out of this is they got to show a little bit of graft. Yeah. And they've got a, they've got a few fixtures ahead that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Fulham, and then of course they got they got Leicester Wolves, uh, and then Burnley, Tot- Tottenham sprinkled in there, uh, but Sheffield United, Newcastle, and then they're kind of back into the swing of things. So they've got some winnable fixtures ahead of them. I don't know, James. I. I I still feel like Chelsea are a Champions League caliber side. I think that they'll get it sorted, but they're in an abysmal, abysmal run of form, and Arsenal were just in something very similar. So I think you can see like that it's possible to just spring out of it, have one good mm-hmm. game, and you're out. We thought that that was the West Ham game for them, and then they didn't do it for a few more games, yeah. and that makes it even a little bit more difficult. Fulham, you got to imagine they smash Fulham. Then you got Leicester Wolves. You can get
1: if you can get three wins on the trot right there. They're right back in the mix of it. But oh, I mean, it, it, we've already we've already done huge. this experiment over the holiday season, just how quickly things can change and how quickly a mood in a camp can change. Just the way Chelsea's gone down. Let me ask you this: Yeah, is the Leicester City
0: game a must-win for Chelsea and Frank Lampard or Frank Lampard and Chelsea? I'll let you figure out how you want to answer that question. I'm going to say you no. Play Fulham next, and then after that, is that a must-win for, for Frank to save his job? Well,
1: let me answer this differently. Or do you Fulham think yeah. Fulham is a must win. And I, I maybe Fulham. maybe for you it went without saying, but to answer the, okay, yes. so to answer your original question, Leicester City is not a must win. Got it. If they assuming they beat Fulham. Um but you're right, all you all what the saving grace for Frank and Chelsea right now is they're driving at the speed of traffic, right? Like there's a bunch mm-hmm. of there's a couple other like car crashes and fender benders and and they're flying under the radar. But the fact of the matter is, one of these teams who we've nailed on as, like, Champions League quality, I'm not even putting Leicester in there, absolute disrespect, it goes without saying on this podcast, Liverpool, United, Tottenham, sure. City, Chelsea, fact of the matter is, one of those teams isn't making the Champions League, and this is a big season for them to do that. So, it's going to be... of.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, of the teams in that list, the one that it's most important to make the Champions League is Chelsea.
1: Sure. As far as, you know. Because it's bare minimum when when you're talking about Abramovich. And he has the smallest, smallest leash. And don't for a second think the fact that Frank is a club legend is going to change that for him. He is all about winning. In fact, I think he's the kind of guy who would like, quote unquote, accidentally text Frank saying, yes, yes, please get me Allegri's number. And be like, oh, Frank, sorry, I thought this was someone else just like mm-hmm. drop a little bit of mind game on him but i wish he would yeah i'm i'm i'd actually be interested to get your thoughts on this like the way i've been sort of like seeing what chelsea fans are talking about and you know chatting with a few that we know it feels like they're getting a little bit of, of Arsenal syndrome where they're going through a patch of bad form and all these fans are, are seeing things and ways that they could set up the team that the manager's missing and it's crying out for these things to happen. Like, with Arsenal, it was, why isn't Emile Smith-Rowe getting a run in the team? Like, why aren't we dropping Willian? I think what I've seen a lot of Chelsea players say is, "Why is Hudson odoi not a nailed-on starter right now? And why aren't we just why aren't we right just now. sticking with Werner through the middle for shoehorning him out wide? We wanted him to be a you know a central striker. Let's let's play that out. And you know, or yeah, kind of
0: why when Olivier Giroud can't seem to miss, can he not find a game? You know, the decisions are somewhat baffling sure. um, from Frank, and and he has to own that and at the end of the day I think this is his third third season as a first team manager and he's been given a lot of toys and I'm not sure he knows how to play with them all yet and so he 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 knows how to use a few of them but I just don't it's not cohesive yet no. and you would think um yeah, I think you have like pockets of cohesion every now and again Werner and Havertz combine they've been playing together for quite some time uh you know Mount and and, and and you know, I mean, Mount's been impressive. Uh, I will say, Hudson Adoy <laughs> seems to be the game changer every time he comes onto the yeah. pitch. And I don't, I don't know why uh, he can't, he can't start. Maybe, maybe they know something that we don't know. But at a, at a point, Frank has to answer for that. And obviously, yeah, we, I, I hate to keep going back to it, but the analogy is starting to become a little bit similar. Who had the worst run of form this year so far? Of course, Arsenal, uh, Chelsea's in the worst run of form right now. Uh, Every now and again, the fans are just just change something. Mm -hmm. Show me that you what we think might work. If what what's happening isn't working, change something to prove. But I would say the difference is I would
1: say the difference is here. He's tweaking things, but like questionably the wrong things. Like like you said, Giroux, another game where he scores from a start. It's like okay, now it's time to rotate in Tammy. You know, it's just it's the strange um, choices where you're not sticking with things that, that are working and you're not making clear on-form decisions that fans seem to be crying out for. So, you know, maybe I think the, uh, a thumping of Fulham would go a long way for them. It is it is a very close West London derby. Um, Fair enough. And, and maybe it's just stick with that team that goes into Leicester. And then you never know. Leicester's capable of anything, in a good and bad way. So, let's monitor these next couple of games closely. Patrick... Moving on to the last the last set here. Instead of a team in the who has shame category, I want to group the marriage or relationship of managers in the COVID-19 virus. Because I'd say the formula, the general formula that we can follow here is as follows. Your current form and league position equals your point of view on how serious COVID is. And I think we're seeing that. <laughs> we're seeing that in all it's in its warts and all forms from all the managers across the league when they get interviewed. On one hand, you've got big Sam who hurtled back down to earth after drawing Liverpool at Anfield and is now wondering what he can do to keep his never been relegated record intact and he's saying stop the season, we got to take a break, we got to take care of these players, you know, XYZ and you're like, "Yes, 100%, you need to take care of the players, but like you have to question why you're saying it right now." And then on the other hand, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ollie said something like playing on during COVID builds character, which is like the most Ollie thing you could possibly say. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just I mean, a little yeah, shameful. Can, you can kind of predict how managers yeah. speak in terms of this series virus. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, we, we have we're going to it's 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 going to get worse. I don't think we have an international break soon, but we're, it's going to get worse when we have these European fixtures come back in uh, with all the traveling and kind of the cross pollination of other leagues. Uh, but, you know, to Ali's point, you know, I can I can get his point. They agreed at the beginning of the season. They're going to play it. Here's the rules. Here's the protocol. Here's what everyone needs to follow. Everyone's got a job to do and be responsible. Uh, this isn't something where we're going to, you know, we can dip our toes into the water. This is a, you know, a, a billion dollar enterprise. Uh, and this is how we're making a business decision as a group. Uh, just because you're different teams doesn't mean uh, you're not kind of marching in the same, mm-hmm. in the same path. Mm-hmm. So I certainly understand his frustration when you look across the league. You're in great form. You're abiding by the protocols. You're not getting COVID results for the most part, and then you see teams who are, you know, having wallowing some along at the bottom of the table, Disciplinary uh, having issues. parties yeah. and getting everybody sick. And and you know, I think Andre Gray's had like four parties in the last couple of months <laughs> uh, with with you know people from all over the all over the country. I heard there were great parties so, though. I mean, they had to be, right? They had to be. Why why keep doing them? Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing: If you're willing to sacrifice your professional footballing career and millions of dollars for a party, I want to go to that party because it has to be great. It's Got to be, yeah. That's a great point. But at the same time, here it's there's part of me that can't help feel a tad bit guilty when these things do kind of get put in front of my face. I think something that I take so much joy in the Premier League this season is is, is a bit of an escape. You know, it's it's two hours where it's all I'm you've locked got. Into something yeah. even even as painful as it was, it's scheduled viewing. It's something, it's an appointment. You know, there's, it has a little bit more weight in our, in our lives uh, as, as fans than maybe it did in, in previous seasons. And there's respite in that. Uh, but of course, uh, especially when we hear the stories of, you know, like Alex, say Maximan uh, can, you know, hardly run a sprint without running out of breath. Sure. And, uh, you know, a UK variant going out of control. Right. You know, we're getting, you know, we're going to, there's going to be a new tier, Every, every week it seems like uh as far as what's allowed and what's not allowed in the country i can't help feel a little bit guilty uh from from just like the player safety standpoint and you know obviously i think they're going to continue to do it just because the amount of money that's on the line but yeah you know you gotta fear for something kind of catastrophic to happen and what their response might be mm-hmm. uh, but i think as long as players keep getting sick getting better uh, they're gonna keep marching on for better or worse and, yeah you know, well I'm, they've i've kind of torn on how to feel about they've that they've come
1: out I, that very well said. and And the Premier League's come out, well, they've come out and said nothing in the sense that we don't have any contingency plans. Let's play ball. And so if that's the case, for better or worse, you have to make sure you're doing the simple things. That's players not breaking protocol, not having parties, taking it very seriously, and just making sure you're not trying to sacrifice the greater good for the purpose of getting fans in the stadium for a quick fix you know like i think some eyebrows were away were raised in the sense of mm-hmm. yeah we all we all would love to have fans back in the stadium but don't get me wrong it's as much as football's an escape you're getting like the diet coke version of what it is like do you remember fans in a stadium for games that shit was electric and we're trying to yeah. you know <laughs> Get the turnstiles moving again and getting 2,000 fans back in, 4,000 fans back in, and it's just too soon. So let's do the simple things right. Try and keep our players safe, keep them under protocol. Don't bring in fans, and and as the Premier League said, just try and play it through. But it, it is hard not to be racked with guilt when you do see you know more and more players test positive. What's going on with the country? Because it kind of comes up to grips with how much you're enjoying the season that's in front of you.
0: Yeah, and I think a, a point that you know y- you want to talk about the the, the league not saying much. Uh, they've certainly got an opinion on you know what what players post on social media and are willing to enact bans based on you know their interpretation of things. There's not much interpretation uh, on you know Premier League players uh, avoiding or you know not not abiding by the rules that they've set out clearly mm-hmm. and I- impacting uh, the safety of other players, safety of. Um, you know, staff members That, sure. But, you know, I don't want to say more importantly, but you, you look at these things as huge business enterprises. They are slaves to the bottom line, and they seem to do anything to protect their bottom line, but they're not issuing... I'll use Andre Gay as an example. How has he not been suspended by the league, right? Right. He's be very clearly violating the rules that they've set out. Gray said he plays in the championship. Have to be high.
1: <laughs> What's that? Andre Gray plays for Watford, no?
0: I mean, the the, the F.A., yeah, it's still the FA.
1: Yeah, yeah. No general right? points. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And he's the one that's just making the most the most news because he just won't stop.
1: After. Fifth party coming next month.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just all over the Twitter. But anyway, <laughs> you know th- this is it's. I don't expect more from the FA, but it's shameful that they're not having a a, a firmer a firmer action mm-hmm. in this, and they're willing to remove around fixtures, which is going to you know impact certain teams. Weren't, weren't, weren't there rules, right? Weren't, weren't there rules out set where if you don't have a certain number of players fit, you can't you know do it, but you have a huge COVID outbreak. Why is that not team That team not facing any sort of punishment? Why yeah. is that certain player not facing any sort of a punishment? Yeah. Uh, that, you can nip it in the bud real quick if you wanted to, and they don't seem
1: to want to. No. It's another head scratcher, Patrick, and you're just kind of leaving it to teams to self-police, and I don't think anyone wants to... Give Mourinho full law and order domain over how he addresses his players in this situation. I'm actually surprised he didn't put the fact that Lamella had a party or went to Lanzini's party um, over the holiday break. I'm surprised he didn't find a way to spin that into Deli Alley's fault. It's like, well, I think Deli thought yeah. about going, and and that's almost worse. So go train yeah. with the U23s.
0: <laughs> no, you're not going anywhere in January. You could stay here. In fact, you got a couple more years on your contract. Yeah. Why don't we just ruin your career? Yeah, why don't
1: you go to a few more parties?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see fixtures moved around quite a bit. Um, James, yes or no? You think we have a you think we have a forced a forced two week break before the season's said and done? No, I don't think so. I don't think so I don't so think either.
1: so. Because you when you set a two week break, you think that things will change or there will be a significant change in that amount of time. We're seeing things are very, very gradual. So if cases are looking bad, it takes a while. Like they are right now, cases are very bad in the UK. If we haven't hit a break now, what's our what's our trigger? What's our milestone? And once we hit a milestone, it's going to take a while before um, things start turning around. So I think a two week break will just look pretty yeah. nonsensical in the in the grander scheme of things. I think, uh, sadly, you know, money is money's king for these people, and. We'll play a season through, but what will get interesting, Patrick, it sounds like we're on the same page about this, so what will get interesting is these games in hand at the end of the season. Like, how much is that going to come into play with those getting scheduled and then their impact on the table? That's going to be a wild, wild card.
0: It's going to be awesome to see Liverpool on 37 games played, up 10 points, and Manchester City's only played 31. And you're just like, well, let's see what they do. They got a lot of games. It's going to be fun. The one-game playoff. Yeah. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think the only way that we see any sort of a forced break is um, if they've got to postpone you know, more than half the games in a certain match week. And then it's like, well, we, you, you kind of look at that. I'm, I'm talking like outbreak in like mm-hmm. 10 plus teams. Mm-hmm. And right now we're seeing it like two or three at a time. And it's like, oh, look at Astrid Villa, Villas and that's so funny. They've got to field a whole bunch of you know kids in, in, the, in the FA Cup. Surely they didn't want to do that. Uh, so... I I think if you have enough teams that fall into that bucket, enough teams will lobby for a break. uh, And then the FA will then, of course, uh, push on anyway. But uh, it's, yeah, it it won't stop being a story, James. Let's just put it that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Well,
1: Patrick, it's a little bit leave it. It's a little bit leave it. We're back. Same us, same crazy takes 2021, Patrick. I have a take that just might shock you. Sheffield United is very, very, very bad. Sheffield United is a very bad football team, statistically, and also in my bones. Therefore, on this episode, I am locking my bottom three relegation teams in this order. And yes, this, do- this does come to grips with our, our marriage of the West Brom and Fulham coupling to go down. So I'm putting you out on the stand here. Twentieth place, Sheffield United. Nineteenth place, West Brom. Eighteenth place, Fulham. That's the bottom three order going down.
0: Not sure, James. I'm not sure. Part of me believes in Fulham. Fulham actually has the the uh, uh, the the tie for the the third longest uh, unbeaten streak in the league right now, coming off of uh, four straight draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that they might be be chip chip chipping away.
1: They've shown I think that they they've shown progress um, under yeah. Scott Parker. I actually don't think they've lost. They've drawn like four games in a row. Um, right. Yeah. I, for me, it was between Brighton or Fulham, and to be honest with you, it was being a homer on my original take. There I said it. Um, but I, I think it's pretty conceivable this is the state of play right now. They're in those places. I don't think it's crazy that they stay there. I do think it's interesting, Patrick, that you started to dissent on the Fulham point, whereas you have a live take on Sheffield United staying up right now.
0: Yeah. um, Leaving that one, because I think (laughs) they're playing good football. They're still, they're playing, I mean, not good football, but they're playing like I was gonna Good say enough. what they're way better than two points. They're way better than two points. Yeah, yeah. That
1: bar is touching the and ground. Also, I
0: just kind of like, <laughs> I just kind of like love the way I love. I, I don't know. I got a soft spot in my heart for them, man. They just, they, and the thing that I do love about them is every single game that I watch them, they still go out like they're going. They're, they're they haven't lost belief. They haven't no. lost faith. Wilder still got these guys playing for the badge,
1: playing for the points. Uh, it, it's not a Chris it, I'm not I, trying to make it a Chris Wilder thing. It, it, it's not to do yeah. with him at all. It's just Oh, I mean it's the the numbers are the numbers speak are, are, are for terrifying. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um There's Chris there's Wilder no hide in that, speaking but, of Chris Wilder, yeah. he's been up for his 100th win as Sheffield United manager since the summer. I think since last season ended. He's and been on 99. They finally uh I think they won their FA Cup third round tie and the and the, the official Sheffield United Instagram posted like He's our boss. We love him. A hundred wins. And the top comment was like, "How long has the admin been sitting on this one in the folders? <laughs> <laughs> Saved his draft yeah, since exactly. July.
0: Yeah, they did. Uh, they 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 beat um, Bristol Bristol Rovers mm. yesterday, three two. And got to start hey, somewhere. Maybe that's what they need to kick on. They got Newcastle on Tuesday. Uh, that's a game, Newcastle. That. That's a winnable game for Sheffield United. I'm not going to say they're going to go get points on any of their other fixtures, but I'm just looking. I'm like, okay, in the next, in their next eight games, they play Newcastle, they play West Brom, they play Fulham. If they want a shot at staying up, they need nine points from those three games because I don't think they're getting them around that. Uh, but we'll 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 see how they do in these upcoming fixtures. Right, we'll see sir. if that, stay, that take that takes days. I think I'm I'm gonna leave it. I'll be honest with you, prem heads. Ninety-five percent of this is just my love for Chris Wilder uh, in that team. I don't know why. I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you why I love him, but I do. I, I just think they're
1: he's cut from that same I want to stay Dean Smith, yeah. uh, Sean Dyche cloth.
0: Yeah, he's just just grumpy, but
1: everyone loves. He it, like does not. Girl. You know how people put on like a work voice? Like people have different like faces. Oh, your customer service voice. Yeah, your, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, lost on him. He he never received nope. that formal training. He just is. Take me as I am. Yeah, yeah. He's a no frills kind of guy. I get it. I get it. Um, any, any. Yeah, I, any I, yeah, go ahead. I think Brighton's, Brighton, Brighton, Brighton has been surprisingly
0: horrible for me um, this year. Because I mean, I know that they've been kind of flirting with the with the relegation zone for a couple seasons, but
1: yeah, we, they've you, been we, sus. We, we talked about been how sus. bad.
0: Full Fulham, West Brom. They, they're right on 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 that level, uh, and Fulham's three points off with two games in hand. And Brighton so it's not like Brighton's in the clear of Fulham uh Brighton's very much much in this mix uh, I, th- I mean Newcastle Newcastle Burnley Palace they got a long way to go but the same way that I think things are going to get real spicy at the top I think they'll be just as spicy at the bottom I think with five six games I don't know if all three relegation spots will be up for grabs but I think there's going to be you know five or six teams that could still mm-hmm. you know really really go down, mm-hmm. uh, and not just kind of mathematically on form on how they played in, in, in the Delta between yeah. the teams. So oh just
1: just quickly on Sheffield
0: United, don't expect it. Yeah, solidarity with them though. I'm staying with them for a little bit. Okay, I won't dro- I won't drop it until they've played at least half their games. Let me put it that way.
1: Okay, so yeah, we'll stay close in a couple. Two weeks. Two more games. Yeah. All right. Um, where are we at? Freak of the week. I've got. Huh. We talk about the freak sandwich. I've got three, Patrick. I've been sitting on these for the fans um, and just letting them accumulate over the holiday period.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a good well why, why don't you kick us off and I'll take it at the end. All since right. Since you got them all.
1: Well, it's time for firsts. In 2021, we have our first ever consecutive freak on Prem de la Prem because Pele's getting it again.
0: Wow. Pele's getting it again. Legend. Last
1: time around on the pod, we were just having a go at a legend of a game. It was all fun and games, and now it's actually laughable how protective he is of his goal record. So, just to jog the old memory for you guys, on the last pod, we reported that Messi broke Pele's all time goals record for one club of 643 goals. A little bit of respect, right? You know, just goat to goat, like hand off the baton, you know, take it for the new generation, right? Yeah, dead wrong dead wrong he went straight to his instagram updated his bio to say leading goal scorer of all time 1283 goals
0: okay he didn't just he didn't
1: just move the chains by like 50 goals and was like well actually there were a few you missed yeah he doubled his goal record and was like i'm actually the leading goal scorer in perpetuity 1283 it's like bro your are Pele. He's got to just be like old and senile or he's like, I'm
0: going to die the greatest goal scorer of all time.
1: Or his, uh, yeah, or he's just around toxic like managers and agents who are just like.
0: yeah, Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's 100% possible. You <laughs> I mean, think about the people that have probably leached off him yeah. for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. We're like, yo, dude, your, your value is going to go real, real down if you're not the leading goal scorer. Someone just what? like peers over
1: his shoulder just like, Pele, you've got 643 goals right now, but you know what's higher than that? One thousand two hundred and eighty three. How does that sound?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just picture like Mr. Burns talking to Smithers. Yeah. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. he's a like, yes, yes. Anyway.
1: Um maybe it's not all Pele, you know, maybe there's some devious figures in the background in his setup, but I don't know if he's counting like times he's put a ball into a bin in the backyard over in Brazil, but that something doesn't sound right to that to that figure. Doesn't, no, doesn't I mean, sing it, true. It, it,
0: but but who's but also, like, everyone's just kind of like, okay, it, it could
1: have happened. How are we going to vet this? It's the year of alternative facts. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> We're going to leave it right there. <laughs> we don't cross lines here on Front of Prem. We dance on them. Yeah. Conspiracy pod coming soon. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to go again, or you you, you want to go? Keep, keep, keep it rolling. All right. Keep it rolling. This is where we get to talk about Liverpool, specifically my man, or perhaps not, my man, as I will soon explain. Jurgen Klopp, he's always been a crazy bastard in the sense of like when you see him doing the fist pumps to the crowd and how animated he is. It's like lovingly, like oh, he's a crazy bastard, especially with Liverpool fans. Now it's yeah. like oh, he's a he's a he's a crazy bastard, and I'll tell you why. Um, this was in their loss to Southampton. He gets on the mic and goes. You know, Manchester United had more penalties in two years than me in five and a half years. Dot dot dot. But no excuses for tonight. <laughs> just like, yeah, fair lead enough. Lead with a, uh, yeah. Lead with an insane cherry pick stat excuse, and then no excuses for tonight. That's a manager special. We see that all, we see that all the time. That's not just a Klopp thing. But but that was one of my favorites. Firstly, for the fact that that is an incorrect stat. But um, on top of that we know that he's been complaining about game scheduling and berating interviewers over the fact that Liverpool is always getting picked on. They're getting put in the early games and when are my players going to receive fair treatment. Yeah. He started Mane and Salah against the Aston Villa U18 team in the FA cup. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on in his head there. So I've, I'm I'm slinging a few question marks at Jurgen Klopp in this holiday period. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, I think it's a it's a testament to him and that team, but this is one of their worst runs of form over the last couple mm-hmm. of years, of course. Um, they have been dealt a series of injuries uh, all at the same position, which makes it very difficult. We talked about depth being one of their biggest challenges. Uh, and I don't even think that the depth is is that big of a challenge. I think losing Fabinho and Jordan Henderson in the midfield uh, has made it a lot harder for them offensively. Uh, and it's also really exposing how weak... Um, not necessarily weak, but like relatively weak, uh, you know, Alexander Arnold and Robertson are as defenders when they're kind of forced to do a little bit. When they have to defend. Of course there's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, 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 when they're relied on, I think a little bit more, I mean, difficult ball. Sure. uh, But the Danny Ings goal uh, against Southampton. Could have been prevented. Howler from Alexander Arnold. Howler. There's no other way to say it. Uh, Difficult ball, but you got to get something on it. Even if it's, it's a tricky touch. Like that's. That's your business. Right. You're you're a defender. I heard you got one of the best right foots in the league. Just swing it at it. You know, figure it out. <laughs> uh, it, and but for me, it seems like um, it's just for me. It's just a bit of banter. It's just a bit of banter. It's a bit of a kick in the ass. I don't think we've really seen Jurgen Klopp call out his players before uh, in the way that he did. Uh, I forget after what fixture. Just because we're in match week, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did it recently, and I think his players deserved it. I think they've been flat. I think that they have. Uh, I don't know if they've made excuses, but they they can't break down teams the way that we know that they can break down teams. Yeah. They can break down these teams, and they're just not doing it right now. Uh, Thiago getting back in, surely uh, that'll work. Uh, I expect them to bring the noise yeah, against Manchester United. And oh, 100%, it, it, 100%. It's going to be a fantastic game. It will be. For sure. Uh, but I, I I I don't read too much into this. People love to say, you know, United is in, in his head rent-free. Ollie playing the smooth, calm, cool, collected. United's on the up and up. I think it's just a little internal motivation. Each coach has his own different thing. I'm not here to oh, knock yeah. it. I'm it's, not here to not Klopp. It's,
1: adver- it's adversity clop. It's just another shade of clop. It's like you get 50 shades. This is one of them. It's adversity Klopp. And uh, yeah, he's just going to do what he's got to do we- to hype up his players and, you know, unify his fan base. I mean, I'm not.
0: Yeah. And from, from that perspective, just lastly on this, uh, all great managers – are very bad losers. Pep's a horrible yes. loser. Mourinho's a horrible yes. loser. Klopp's a horrible loser. We don't have to. We don't have to say like, oh no, Klopp's like a good loser and he's a good. Sport. He's no. He's not a good sport. Uh, it just. It just isn't, and that's fine. It's fine at this level. We no, all I don't, know. I don't need everyone to be
1: goats, a good loser. Yeah, the goats in sports, whether it's player or coach, are absolute psychopaths. It's a common trait. Yeah. Go watch that Michael Jordan documentary. <laughs> yeah, he. Michael Jordan's seem to have become the best basketball
0: player entirely motivated by spite.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Now it's personal.
0: Like if ever if if he was said like, hey, you, you know, you're good, he might not have even made the NBA. Yeah, I think it's just people telling him he's bad. He's like, fuck you, mm-hmm. and then he just went mm-hmm. off and did it. Just daddy issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll let you you defend that one. <laughs> I don't defend things, Patrick. They just come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't you do? A, why don't you do? I assume you have a freak. Yeah. So
0: I don't really know who to assign this to. Um, <laughs> But the freak, it's a freaky situation. So, um, Kirian Trippier's cousin yeah. seems to have been getting into a little bit of trouble yeah. uh, for placing 10 different bets on Kyrian Trippier um, going to Atletico Madrid. Um, actually, and then now the, now the bookie is all upset about the insider information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my Freak of the Week is actually going to go to the bookie. Okay. Uh, you're an idiot because you're just preying on people who want to buy into the Suns takes. The sun's probably in on it with the bookie. Hey, run a story for me. Zaha going Arsenal. We know it'll never happen because the release clause. Bada bing, bada boom. Here's your money. Uh, you should be prepared to lose a little bit of money. Uh, you know, when 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 you're running a prop bet like that, when clearly some people are going to have inside information. Same reason uh, I try and do a little spoiler alerts and uh, bet on the winner of the Bachelor. They've gotten smarter over the years. Can't get them as easy as I used to be able to get them. Uh, but also, if you're going to make a bet. Like that, make one bet. Don't make ten bets of varying amounts on the same thing. That's what I did uh, when I tried to bet on the three nil result for Juventus and Napoli when Napoli wasn't even in the stadium. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you Vibata tried to. Me right out. Yeah, you tried to beat, they didn't the, give it beat to to the, the computer. Me. Yeah, I emailed them and said, "Hey, uh, this was a three nil result. Where's my money?" Uh, they did not respond. <laughs> uh,
1: <this laughs> they <is> just, just <laughs> called your bluff. <laughs>
0: They returned my bet, so I, I just I just wanted the extra. For those of you wondering, uh, earlier in the year, due to COVID, Napoli could not travel to Juventus, um, though they met the requirements to do so. So they were originally awarded a forfeit, which is a three-nil result. The money line or the the prop bet on a three-nil result was plus plus a hundred, only plus a yeah. thousand, and so a hundred-dollar bet to one thousand bovada owes me a thousand dollars uh but they actually napoli did win in an appeal so that game will be replayed so i would have had to give that back anyway Mm, which would have been worse mm. so here we are drop three nothing again on that by the way but hey lesson learned don't put prop bets on things where people could have inside information if you're going to get upset when they leverage that against you
1: well said that's a great lesson that's a great lesson for all the fans out here my last one it's hot off the press it's a it's a Fresh freak. I got Carlos Vinicius, the Tottenham striker, who's been strapped for game time at Spurs, a little frustrated by not getting the field. But he got a run out against Marine FC, who was a non-league team they got matched up against in the FA Cup. He hit a 13-minute hat-trick against them. I think the scoreline ended up being 5-0. So pretty routine for Spurs. No cup set there. But uh, the first goal of which to open the scoring, he drops the Mbappe shrug on the goalkeeper, who I'm pretty sure doubles his time by working at Tesco. This is a seventh-tier side. He drops the Mbappe shrug reversed, rever, reserved for, like, the Parc de Prance, and he's in bumfuck Liverpool just saucing on a part-time soccer player. Just didn't didn't quite sit right. You know what? You know what? Sat great with me.
0: Ian Wright was um, set to do that game and being Arsenal's he's best wearing the hat, right? Ambassador. He was wearing the yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, at the game. I mean, he's 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 the absolute best. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, uh, there's there's a little thing called class, and you know, you know, strikers are probably the first ones to lose it. Uh, but there's there's a time and a place. But I think we've all we've all seen the strikers, whether it's in our in our viewing our viewing time, playing careers. Um, they get a goal. Doesn't matter the situation. Down three nil, they're hitting the they're hitting the celebration. Doesn't matter. I'm you starting know, to feel it. a little
1: hypocritical thinking back to Mar Vista. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dropping the LeBron on like a <laughs> short sighted team.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, the silencer. Yeah. <laughs> the silencer yeah. after going. Not one of yeah, our proudest moments. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, whatever. Just. I, I, I just can't if you can't get a run out in uh in another game yeah. why not? You know, yeah. flex on him, show show the manager what you
1: got. Uh maybe that was directed towards Mourinho. Be maybe remembered for Marino. your celebrations. Know. Like uh Mario Batelli. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was his most relevant moment as a football player, that celebration. Uh Which one? Why always why me? Why was me?
0: Yeah. Or the flex. The Italian
1: flex was a great one. The Italian one flex well. was a good one too. I'd say second to why always me. Why always me is legendary. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh Are we on the goal of the month? We gotta do a goal of the month, right? Why not? Looking back on December, we had a few good options. There was uh Paul Pogba against West Ham, Heung-Min Son against Arsenal. Patrick, I believe you remember that one. There was Sebastian Alaire, um, El Ghazi against UK. Chelsea, I believe. Um, Jack Harrison with a couple bangers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jack Harrison twice.
0: Jack Harrison is nominated for his fifth, the fifth goal in both the Newcastle game and the West Brom game. He scored a fifth. Okay. Fifth. Okay. In those two games. Uh, Leads not no no one no questions their offensive abilities. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Uh, Mo Salah is seventh in the in the thumping of Crystal Palace. Was another one mm-hmm. in the mix as far as the official goals of the month. Uh, notable absentee, of course, the jacoboom boom uh, against Chelsea on Boxing Day. Uh, I won't be giving it to that one, James. I really struggle with this because I have a lot of goal of the weeks in here. Yeah, uh, and you know you
1: know my policy.
0: Uh, so I'm going to have to Somehow I feel like
1: you're sticking with your policy here, just to be clear. I yeah. am. I am.
0: Okay. Um, and so my goal of the month uh, is going to go to Min Sun for his, mm. his goal against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It it was one of those goals where it's in the London Derby. It's worked out nicely and, for you. Yeah. And all you can say is just like, well, all right, if he's scoring that, then I'll just go fuck myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there's nothing you can do about it. You can't even be mad. I mean, I was a little mad at Bellarine, but... The end of the day, uh, <laughs> absolutely class effort, uh, and for me, he's goal of the month. On principle, though, I'm on the Premier League site right now, and let's just go ahead and vote for Sala, not that he has, a, yeah. he has a good chance of winning it. So just keep Son off the off the board. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Spread go the ahead, floor, James, your goal. Spread of the, month. the floor. Oh, quick question for you on our rankings of goals: How much do, does context matter to you? Like Salah, just. Mm. Dropping a seventh on Crystal Palace. How much does that matter to you? I would say context is... Versus like the winner in the North London Derby. For instance, a song. I would say context probably like 25% of a
0: goal's total ranking okay. for me. Okay, uh, You know how I feel about the Nasir Charlie goal that actually was in, in, in dying embers of a game. Um, yeah, you think that's the best goal of all time.
1: We broke that down. We broke that tape down. Anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. Still, I'll stand by okay. that. Okay. But that's
1: not what we're here for we're here to talk the burden of proof does not lie with your me. honor get this man out of the courtroom overruled sit down my goal of the month patrick I've, I've taken some time and i think you'll remember in one of our last pods i did not give this the goal of the week on an occasion where you did sebastian allaire's overhead kick i've said set- it came back for you well here's why it came back he's moving on he he's he's moving to Ajax. It didn't work out for him. That's a come up, right? It didn't work out for him. It is not a come up. It didn't work out for uh, him at West Ham. It well, let's just say his his uh it's a save, it's a savior play. His rep, Ajax is a great club, arguably way better than West Ham, but I'm not saying his reputation improved at West Ham. That's why I'm correct. saying it's not a come up. He needs a change of he scenery. He needs a change of scenery. Um in a very well Diplomatically phrased article. Um, Allaire did not like being at West Ham. West Ham did not want Allaire, but there he was, just sort of grumping around the field. And then he decides to break out a moment of flair here. And I just want to say, I will remember you. And for that, you're getting my goal of the month, Sebastian Holler, mm-hmm. cemented in Prem de la Prem history. Go on, lad. A true, a true bicycle kick. Go on, lad. Proper one. A good one for
0: goal of the month. Uh, I'm just going to go seamlessly into goal of the week, James. Mm. You know what it is. The King of Tesco himself, Kieran Tierney, with the chop back onto the right. Cooking. Cooking against West Brom. Really the goal of match week, whatever. For me, a lot of bangers in here. But first Premier League goal. A goal that really, I think, set them off on the day. Uh, And for me... uh, you know, been play, player of the moment for Arsenal uh, over the last few 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 weeks, and that says a lot with how uh, Emil Smith Rowe and soccer have been performing. Mm-hmm. And that goal, I think, was a really a good testament to the to the to the form that he's been in. Kieran Tierney, goal of the week. I'm not
1: gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, Patrick. It was between that one and Bruno Fernandez's penalty against Aston Villa, in which Pogba was questionably fouled in the lead up. It was tough. It was tough picking out the two. I ended up going with tyranny against West Brom though. I had to I had to give it to that one. You you know what James? That was my second It well. was. Okay, yeah. We tend to be pretty yeah. in tune on these things. We've been marching in lockstep <laughs> all year in the golden No, League. it was a beautiful was a, goal. No, uh, it had the snow just ever so gently caressing the player kits. It was a great scene. It was and a great the scene. Balls and Sam Allardyce chewing gum until his dentures fell out on the sidelines. no, uh, no Eze for you. I would have thought Eze would have made the cut. Patrick, I think it's time we identify something here.
0: Mm-hmm. Last
1: year's undisputed goal of the year, hyung min Son dribbling the entire team against, I believe it was Burnley, mm-hmm. slotting it in. That was a different mm-hmm. beast, and it's you can't put it in the same category as Eze as dribbling this two-point Sheffield United team who had stopped playing, just given all the space in the world, and then just stroking the ball past the goalkeeper. It, it was a nice goal, it's not even my goal of the week and it's not comparable to the Hyman Son solo goal. You know I love solo goals. They're up there in my favorites. I thought you were Oh my bad. I thought you were describing the Song goal that whole time.
0: <laughs> okay, you're talking about the Eze goal. Okay. Um fair enough. I suppose I suppose Yeah, no. No. Well, we we owe you Premheads, a um I'll, I, has my has my goal my goal ranking system been questioned by anyone other than you? It's certainly been questioned by you. But I, I think I might owe the prem heads a full breakdown of, of the math that goes into the goal of the week. I think you do because it's not it's not it's 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 not coming off the top of my head. It's it, it all goes into an algorithm carefully built and crafted over years of analysis uh, and emotion. And here, yeah, you
1: don't speak off the cuff. Results. You don't speak off the cuff. Everything is perfectly planned once.
0: and analyzed. James, I'm reading off of a 1,500-word Word document right
1: now. This entire uh, podcast, we've just been reading from a script. Everything's in It's here. actually saved. It's
0: saved as a PDF. Um, I do that so that I don't change anything after I've prepared it. I want to make sure
1: that I stick yeah. to Even this is in here. Yeah. Ha- and even that. It, I mean, it goes on. I could, I could go on, on forever. This ain't improv. And mm-hmm. that's why finally... I'm sending it to your best improvisation act yet. Degenerate District. Last time around, it was the Boxing Day Parlay. I think it goes without saying that that did not hit. I don't think we need to linger on that one for too much. It was it was doomed. It was it was too big to fail. Uh, similar to Wall Street, the, the Boxing Day Parlay was. And now it's time to wipe the slate clean. It's 2021, but you got to get off to a hot start here. James,
0: I'm here to keep it simple. And keep it kind of going through just kind of this next round of fixture. So I'm not even going to get into the weekend yet, because we got games in between them. How can I predict what's going to happen between Liverpool and Manchester United? Keep it taking over. Uh, when I got Manchester United, Burnley. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting back to basics. I have one lock, one crock, and then three meatballs to make up a of sub. So my first one here is my lock. Chelsea is away to Fulham. They are one point favorites at minus one twenty. I am locking that. You will push on one, but I think that this is a game for Chelsea where they show their class. It's it's. We talked about Leicester not being a must win. This absolutely is a must yep. win. Uh, I would not be surprised uh, to to see you, you, Frank would certainly be under heavy heavy scrutiny if not sacked if they don't get three points from this result. Oh, it would be. Fever and, and I think pitch. the players yeah. know it. I think the players know it, and I think that they're going to show up. And I think that they're going to take care of business. So that is my lock of the week. Uh, getting back to basics, my crock of the week, crock of the week. And I will say for this, I'm not taking this bet, but I, I'm because it's against Arsenal. But Crystal Palace plus 550 against Arsenal. Crystal Palace has been a bogey team for Arsenal for several years now. Uh, you remember they kept them out of the Champions League two years mm-hmm. ago with a win in the mm-hmm. final match week. They seem to just always be able to nick something against Arsenal. It's it's worth a shout for me uh, if, you know, in this run of fixtures, if you're not really buying Arsenal's form and you think they're due for, you know, a little bit of a regression, which, you know, they were it was a 0-0 game against Newcastle uh, where they nearly could have lost it in the very end. And, of course, they won an extra time. Brighton was another close one. So they're not out of the woods here yet as far as performances go. I think that's a decent shout. But to be clear, I tell you I take every bet. I am not taking this one on principle, though I do think it is a good crock of the week. In two my meatballs, my spicy meatballs that are going to make up this sub, delicious sub, James, should we top it with Parmesan or mozzarella? Let's go with the Mots. Wrong. Both. So, first yeah. game, Sheffield United, Newcastle United. A draw is plus 210. This is a Sheffield United. Again, I'm telling you, they're playing decent football. Newcastle is not. Both these teams look lifeless. I think this is a 0-0 game. Nailed on. Like a draw here. Another game that I like a draw is uh, Wol- Wolves in Everton. Uh, Wolves, I mean, they're they're not going to concede much. They're not going to score much. It really comes down to does 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 Everton break the lines? Can Wolves nick one? I think this is a very very even match, uh, and neither of these teams are really just inspiring me right now. Um, so a draw just kind of feels feels right. And then my fifth one here, where are you? I actually am taking the next Wolves game against West Brom, okay. Also as a draw, okay. I think Wolves are just in it for a draw. I like West Brom being able to get uh, West Brom's going to set themselves up to not concede, and I don't think Wolves will be able to break them down. So interesting. That's my. You don't also. think Wolves can
1: break down the formidable West Brom defense?
0: I don't know if you've watched Wolves play recently, uh, but I have. They, they can't do much. I, I, here's what they could do. Wolves can kill you on the break. They can kill you on the They counter. just drew Brighton 3-3. Uh, three, three. <laughs> is that so?
1: <laughs> any, so any revisions? There you any go. revisions Two draws. on the spot?
0: Well, no, that's a draw. So It is. It, ride
1: it. Right, okay. Ride it. For but they've logic as follows.
0: Yeah, Wolves, yeah. Wolves has played 17 games, scored 18 goals. So they're, they're, they're not a team that's lighting up the score sheet the way that they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, but right before that, yeah, Wolves, yeah, they're just not they're not quite getting it okay. done right okay. now, and uh, and I don't think that they have Jimenez. I would say great news. He's back in training, not full training, but doing some. fitness That's great work. news. Great news in that respect. Um, obviously, still hoping for a full a full recovery from him after mm-hmm. that horrible uh, head injury. Um, I don't think we'll see him again this season. That's my my gut, uh, but I have literally no medical knowledge to back mm-hmm. that up. Mm-hmm. But good to see him back. Uh, in training after after an
1: injury is scary. Agreed. That? that we can agree on, Patrick. Degenerate District, I'm going to leave that one to the fans. If you want to get in on those bets, please do go ahead. If not, I don't blame you. Patrick, I think you've got a little bit you need to prove coming out of the gates here. So mm-hmm. Remember, this is my reset. Mm-hmm. I told people I was going to take some time off. I didn't make that many bets. I told you I was going to
0: make none. I made some. But I didn't <laughs> I make didn't that, make many, that bets.
1: many bets. I just need to make up money for rent. That's it.
0: Also... Mind you, mind you, my three-way draw parlay, all being over plus 200, you know what that equals, James?
1: One, for all, two Stonks, three, Vegas. That is the general progression. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fantastic. That's how you know we're back, folks. Patrick is talking the, the Stonks Vegas pyramid. We're here rounding out the episode with the Gen- Degenerate District, and we will be back next week to check in with you guys on how all this is going we got some blockbuster games ahead it's a new year but this season is just heating up so stay with it in this spot on behalf of patrick this is james sending us on out of here
0: what's up prem heads Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.